Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, one of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and in the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let this be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you. Yeah. So, we are talking about joy today. We're going to get into that in, in just a second. We'll dig into this story. But I don't know if you heard me just a minute ago in the announcements. Christmas Eve is a week from Tuesday. That means Christmas is 10 days away. Can you believe it? Are you excited? <laughs> I, for one, am excited. Um, so if, if you haven't gotten all your Christmas shopping done, the clock is ticking. So you better get after it. The, the countdown has begun. You only have, uh, what, nine more shopping days. So, so I love Christmas shopping. I don't know about you guys, but I love Christmas shopping. And Amazon knows that I love Christmas shopping because I don't, I don't go to stores. I do all my shopping online. And so my mail carrier knows that I love Christmas shopping. And my wife is thankful that I love Christmas shopping because we are pretty much done with our Christmas shopping for the year and she has not purchased a single gift because I just enjoy it. I love it. Um, but as much as I love shopping and finding gifts, I am a terrible gift receiver. Um, and I remember there was one time uh, at a birthday of mine, I think I was turning like eight or nine, and I was at my birthday party and my cousins kept coming up to me and saying, oh, Royce, you are going to love what we got you. It is so awesome. I can't wait to see your face when you open up your present and see what we got you. And I'm like, okay, man, this is, this is going to be great. I, I can't wait. I, I can hardly even enjoy my party because I'm looking forward to this gift. And so finally, we, we get through the party and it's time for me to open presents. And I'm like, yes, this is the one. This is the one. So I rip open the wrapping paper, and I look inside the box, and what do I see? I see a matching set of warm-up pants and a jacket. And I'm like, really? This is it? Like, I tried to cover the disappointment on my face, but I was like, what? You actually thought I would like this? And so I think we have a picture. Yeah. So it's something along these lines. I did a little Google search. This is the best I could find. Um, this looks pretty awesome. I, I think mine was even, even better than this. But 
As, as much as I was disappointed in the moment and I couldn't hide it, no matter how hard I tried, here's the crazy thing. I ended up loving this tracksuit. This was probably one of the best gifts I ever received. I think I wore this thing pretty much every day. Uh, and, and here's what I learned. My cousins actually knew me better than I knew myself because I, I never knew I really wanted a tracksuit. But apparently I did, and they, they tapped into that. Because I think what my cousin, they had seen, you know, um, they knew that I really liked basketball, and I like going to basketball games. And at, it, I don't know if you've been to a college game or a, or a high school game, but back in the day, and maybe still today, they'd always have their warm-ups on. And it was always like this really special moment where they rip off those warm-ups, and they're like ready for game time. And they're like, I bet Royce wants to experience that feeling. And they were exactly right, because I would wear those things, and I would be like, all right, now I'm feeling it. Time to rip these puppies off, and I'm going to go play some basketball. And so what I learned is that I don't always know what is going to bring me joy. In fact, most of the time, I don't know what will bring me joy. And so what I've decided is that what I really need is someone who knows me better than I know myself. Someone like my cousins, who knows me better than I know myself and loves to give me good, unexpected gifts that will bring me joy. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. As we look at uh, Mary's story, we're going to see a loving father provide a good, unexpected gift that will bring great joy. And as we look into this story, we are going to focus on two things that pave the way for joy. We are, first, we are going to see the favor of God. And then we are going to see the faith of his child. And then in the end, what I think we'll see is that where the favor of God meets the faith of his child, there is joy. So we'll dig in here. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So again, the first thing we're going to see is the favor of God. Mary encounters this angel and the angel says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And so favor, talking about favor is not a word we use a lot anymore to be favored. And so for us today, we can think of this to be favored as to experience grace, like the undeserved goodness of God. And what we're going to see is the favor of God is like a foundation. And this foundation is the rich, deep goodness of God, the richness of all the promises of God. And what the angel is saying is that, Mary, you are favored. This is for you. And so how does Mary react to this? This angel shows up, and uh, we see Mary's reaction in verse 29. It says, But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So an angel comes, and Mary is blindsided. She's caught completely off guard. And this, the word for greatly troubled is like she is shaken to the core. And last night I was thinking about this, and I'm like, how would I feel if an angel just kind of showed up right now and started talking to me? 
And I think I would probably be shaken to the core. Like Mary has never seen an angel before, and this is a completely new and different experience. And so I was thinking, like, what could I compare this to? And the best I could come up with is I don't know if you've seen, like, a YouTube video of someone, like, standing at the sidelines of a football game, and maybe they're just, like, chatting it up with somebody, completely oblivious to the fact that there's a football game going on. And then all of a sudden, one of the players just, like, bam, plows them over. I think that is a kind of a picture of what Mary is feeling right now. This is very disorienting. She is shaken to the core. I imagine her heart is racing in this moment. She is greatly troubled. I'm sure her mind is racing. It says she's trying to discern. And what I think is really interesting is that we get to see more of God's goodness in his response to Mary. We get to see the favor of God in his patience and his kindness as he pursues Mary. And we see that in verse 30. It says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So Mary is shaken to the core, and the angel comforts Mary and reminds her, You have found favor with God. God's goodnesses, God's goodness, God's promises are for you. And then the angel delivers a message. And in verse 31, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so here the angel lays it out for her. Here, here's the message. And kind of what the angel is saying is, you know, Mary, I know you, you may have a plan. I know you have plans. And I know you didn't see this coming, but God has a different plan. God has a better plan for you, and it is a plan that will bring you joy. And again, this is the favor of God. This is the goodness of God on full display. God actively pursues Mary, and he invites her into his story for her. So how will Mary respond to this? Let's see. In verse 34, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? So at first glance, you know, this might seem like a response of doubt. But I think this is actually a great statement of faith. Earlier in Luke's account, we see an angel come to Zechariah. And the angel has a very similar message. She tells, or he tells Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a baby. Elizabeth, who is beyond childbearing years, is going to have a son. And Zechariah says, what? How can I know that will be true? And Zechariah has this response of doubt. How can I know for sure? And what Mary says, she doesn't say, how can this be? What Mary says is, how will this be? And what we see in that statement is Mary is engaging God with faith. The author of Hebrews defines faith like this. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And what we see right here is Mary has this kind of faith. She doesn't see, but she believes. And what this faith does, what Mary's faith does, is it allows her 
to approach this message with wonder. How will this be? And, and, and here's what I mean by that. I, I try to put myself in Mary's shoes and, and kind of get inside her head, and, and I can just kind of see the wheels turning. The angel has just said, Mary, you are going to have a baby. And then Mary is like, okay, I believe that. I'm going to have a baby, but I am a virgin. You know, I, I've, never, I've never known a man. And so the way I, I see things, the way I understand how things work, I don't really see how that's going to happen. Uh, but I do know that God can do anything. And so she's like, okay, how will this be? Tell me more. And this response on Mary's part, how will this be? This response of wonder has made me, as I've thought about that this week and kind of considered it, it it's made me kind of step back and think, when was the last time that I responded to something with wonder. And I would invite you to ask that same question. When was the last time you responded to something with wonder? Maybe you've thought to yourself, you know, wow, this is strange. You know, how is God with me right now? How is God working in this situation in my life right now? And for me, that was actually a little bit of a tough question. When was the last time I responded with wonder? And I think the reason that's a tough question is because a lot of times and in a lot of ways, I feel like I can do life on my own. I can do life without God. And so Paul Miller, he, he wrote a book called A Praying Life, and, and Daniel referenced it last week. Here's something that he said. He, he says, in the broader culture and in our churches, we prize intellect, competency, and wealth. Our trust in ourselves and in our talents makes us structurally independent of God. Basically, what he's saying is, is we get so used to taking care of ourselves that we start to forget about God. And this tendency to forget is why I must have faith. Because what faith does is faith remembers. We talked about the favor of God. What faith does is it remembers the goodness of God. And so I got to see a picture of this uh, this week. Uh, basically on a nightly, nightly basis, I got to see a little picture of, of this kind of faith. Um, and I'll explain. So I have a four-year-old son. His name is Mac. And his bedroom is like two doors, two doors down from me. And, and every night... Um, he would kind of wake up and maybe have a need of some kind. And, um, in, and, and he wouldn't want to take care of it by himself. He wouldn't look to himself. Um, but he, he would reach out for help. He would call out for help. So in his sweet, gentle little voice, I would hear Mac cry out, Daddy! 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 And, and I would know, okay, all right. So I drag myself out of bed get to his room and be like, okay, yeah, Mac, what is it, buddy? And like I said, it could be a big thing or a small thing. It could be something like, Daddy, what day is it tomorrow? And I'm like, Mac, we really, that's not, you know, you don't really need to ask me that right now. Or, you know, Daddy, can I have a tissue? Or, Daddy, can you take me to the bathroom? And so whatever it was, big or small, he knew that I would help him with it. 
And again, this is a picture of faith because Mac remembers, he remembers, I have a daddy and he will come. It might take him a while, it may be a minute, but he will come. And that's what faith remembers. The author of Hebrews in in, uh, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, For whoever would draw near to God must believe, must remember that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith remembers, I have a father and he will come. And so from this place, from this place of faith, from this place of remembering and wondering, we can call out to God. And just like Mary asked a question, you know, how will this be? We can start asking questions. Like, Father, what, what's going on here? What, what are you up to? How are you working in my life? And so if you are in a hard time or a time of darkness or, or maybe confusion or life is just heavy, we can pray, God, how are you with me right now? How are you caring for me right now? And as we do that, as we start to anchor in to God, it's, it changes the way we see the world. And Paul, Paul Miller talks about this. He says, as we wait and pray, God weaves his story and creates a wonder. We have a relationship with the living God who is intimately involved with the details of our worlds. We are learning to watch for the story to unfold, to wait for the wonder. What he says is we have a relationship with the living God. Do we act like we know that? Do we act like we know that God sees us? God knows us. Well, Mary knew these things, and so she responded with faith. And so when Mary says, how will this be, the angel answers. In verse 35, it says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the angel answers Mary's question. And we don't have time to get into all of this answer. It's such a a, a deep, rich answer, but I do want to Focus in on the last thing the angel says. Uh, He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And I really like the way the NIV translates this statement in verse 37. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. And and the Greek word for word is, is the word rhema. And rhema means any spoken word, any utterance, any promise. And so what what the angel is saying is no promise from God will ever fail. And then Mary's response, may your word, may your rhema, may your promise to me be
be fulfilled. And so right here in what the angel says and what Mary says, we basically, basically get a summary of this whole passage. The angel says, no word from God will ever fail. No promise from God will ever fail. Again, that is the favor of God. These deep, rich promises, the goodness of God will never fail. And Mary saying, may your word to me be fulfilled. May your promise be fulfilled. That is faith the faith of a child. And so like I said earlier, where the favor of God meets the faith of his child, there is joy. And so that's what we see just a few verses later. And again, we we don't have time to get into it today, but in verses 46 through 56 of Luke 1, Mary sings a song of joy. And what she does is she, throughout this song, she is just reaching in to this foundation of God's promises. And, he is, and she says, he is good. He is great. He is my strength. And she is clinging to all of these promises. And as she does this, joy is welling up in her soul. In verse 47, Mary sings, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And again, this is a picture of of Mary digging into the promises of God with faith and experiencing great joy. It's been awesome every week, again, just to see how God is is weaving his story into people's lives, and Keith is no exception. Um, Earlier, I mentioned how I received this unexpected gift, and it brought great joy. And I said, today we would see a loving father give an unexpected gift that brings great joy. And the good news is, just like he said, he said, you know, I am a child of God. That promise, this unexpected gift was not just for Mary, but it's for all of us. Each one of us is a child of God. And we have this gift of Jesus. And uh, it's, just like, it's just like the angel told the shepherds. When the angel came to the shepherds, he said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's for all of us. And the angel said, a Savior has come. He's here. And Paul in, uh, in Corinthians, he writes that all the promises of God find their yes in Christ. The ultimate display of the favor of God we see in Christmas and that God gives us himself. He gives us Christ. And as we learn and as we learn to trust in Christ, we experience joy. So let's pray.